Hi, this is the Three Count Podcast, and I'm Dahlia. I'm in fashion, roll with cold Welcome to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But by now, with our 200 and something episode, I would figure you guys are going to say with me now, I am your Sherpa. Because like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring today? Well, she is a production manager. She is an owner. She's a talent manager. She's been a valet. She's been a wrestling manager. And she is Dahlia. That's me. <laughs> Yo, so how's it going? It's going. <laughs> it's going. Not yeah. Doesn't that isn't that how it usually works out? It's like you always you always feel like there's always something going on and you're just like, dang, what am I doing now? And then like you have some other piece that you have to like put put together for your bigger puzzle and then hope that everything fits in well for one day. Oh yeah. Any anybody in the wrestling circuit understands that a show day is never like you're just going to show up and work for 20 minutes and leave. <laughs> um, when you run a show like I do, it's like a 22 hour day, so it's fun. We'll, yeah. we'll call it fun. We'll call it fun. Yeah. <laughs> especially and especially if, like you're a parent, so then it's like wake up and they got to wake you got wake the kids up and then, you know breakfast and then. You gotta get to the show, and then you gotta get them settled in, and then you have to get yep. ready for. And then you don't eat lunch, and then you're like set up, yep. the, set up the ring, set up the tables, set up the chairs, set up the entrance, right? Make sure the music's getting set up. Make sure everybody's in place. Yeah, um, she's come with me to some shows. She was with me uh, for we had two events on Saturday, and I I was jealous of how she was sleeping on the way home. <laughs> I'm driving home and I'm like, man, she's out. She slept till like 1030 the next morning. She was done. Um, it's a lot on kids. But yeah. if I had told her you're not going, I would have probably gotten slapped. So, <laughs> um, She lives for it just as much as I do. And that's honestly like why I got into this. I got into this out of I needed a new hobby. Um, and Blackthorn and I were an item. So I actually started out just as his travel buddy. Um, I was there because he would call me and spend the whole time on the way home from Pennsylvania, which was a five hour one way drive, like almost falling asleep. So I started going with him to, you know, make sure he ate, make sure, you know, take care of him, manage him. That's right. essentially what I did was I managed him. And, um, and then it was, you know, to the point where I was like, okay, well, I'd, I want to get involved. So I started valeting. Um, as a way to build up my confidence to being able to wrestle and being able to do things. And it's, I, I won't turn back now. It's, <laughs> it's been yep. three years and it's, and it's been ama- an amazing three years. I've gone from literally just riding in a car, wearing a Blackthorn shirt that I made to now I run a company with them and we only want bigger and better things. Well, and it's cool whenever you get into it and you kind of learn like the ropes and stuff. And then you start understanding like how to move the needle. Right. And you're like, all right, well, we can do this. We can do that. That didn't work last this time. Maybe we'll 
try something out this time. And you're always like gauging how people are coming. So for you to be able to start something like Kaiju is right. awesome because like you're seeing like in its infancy, right? You know, like with your guys' first show in March and then you guys just keep building on top of it. And then, yep. you know, before we even went on the air, like you were telling me about the plans that you guys have about growing it, oh, and yeah. moving it and just the pieces. So it's like, dang, you guys learn a lot really fast. And it, you know, gets gets other people excited too. Cause I'm like, I want to be a part of this company too. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say like a, a lot of it is because Kaiju is, is a COVID baby. It is. I mean, we, we were, we were told, I mean, everybody was told when, when COVID hit, it was going to be what a month quarantine and everything would go back to normal. Everything would be fine. And then June we're sitting around talking and we're like, well, you know, it'd be great to start our own thing. And, you know, we've learned, between Blackthorn, myself, Menace, and Skip, we have—I mean, just just Menace and Blackthorn have easily fifteen years each in the business. Um, Blackthorn's wrestled in Mexico. Like, I mean, we've got the knowledge and and the tools. I have the business knowledge. I have—I was a business major, and I had really good mentorship growing up. So. When it came down to it, my, I would chime and be like, you can't do that. It's an HR issue. And then I'd, you know, sit back down. Um, and we decided we wanted to see that we took the things that we didn't like in the in independent circuit, regardless of where it was. And we built our foundations around changing it. Because the only way you're going to change an industry at all is by positive leadership. Mm. I mean, think about anybody who leaves a job. They don't leave a job because they hate it. They leave a job because they hated a manager or they hated a rule. Um, there's something that didn't rub them the right way. And right. so we literally took that as our recognition to doing everything differently. Um, when guys and girls, because we are unisex, um, come into the locker room, the one thing I always consistently hear about our locker room is that it is a loving and caring environment. Everybody leaves their trash at the door. You know, you don't like somebody who's booked, leave it outside. You're both here to work. It's not about you. It's not about your ego. It's about Kaiju and what you want to bring to the table for us so that we bring you back. Um, but everybody works as a team. Um, the last show was incredibly stressful on me because it was summer slam night and it was brutal. <laughs> and at the end of the night, the guys made me cry. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty rough and tough, but they, they made me, they made me actually stream tears um, because we were done packing up and we were all loading our gear into our cars and they obviously came to get paid. So we're giving out the envelopes and they were cheering me um, and all my hard work. And that's, I don't ever see that happen at promotions when they, they actually look at a promoter and say, thank you for tonight. Um, so that was, that was honestly huge. And I was so worried I was going to let anybody down. I, you know, it's nerve wracking when you're doing the show essentially with three of us running the whole show. Um, it's, it was a big deal that, that it even happened to be honest, because as soon as we found out it was, we, we had our venue for SummerSlam night, we all panicked. <laughs> it's like, I can't been advertising the show for two months we really can't change this we're done um 
but we did have a crowd and it was nice. And um, actually talking with some of the wrestlers that were there um, last weekend, because I saw them at bookings because I'm still active. And um, they even said, they're like, it was so nice that we encouraged the wrestlers to go out. Um, Our locker room at that venue was very small, like painfully small. And so with the rumble um, in our last show, we had 20 guys just in the rumble. So as management, we said, if you're on the second half of the show, you need to go out and watch. Just, just be out of the locker room. Don't crowd it. It's going to get hot in here. Like we want you guys comfortable. Um, the guys kind of giggle because I do things like I run out and get them McDonald's <laughs> and they show up to like cold water <laughs> waiting for them. Like it's set up like a glorified green room. Um, but that's the mom and me. I want to make sure they're hydrated. I want to make sure my guys are fed. I don't want anybody passing out. So <laughs> I try to take care of them. The first show I was like, who wants McDonald's? I'm going to go run out. And they're like, wait, really? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, that's what's near what I got to go to. What do you want? Um, so that was really, um, I think that showed them, especially at the first show, like, okay, this company is going to be different. So we try to do it different every show. That's awesome, though. Like, like you, like the one thing I definitely I I love hearing is the fact that it's you guys are you you are guys you are really putting forward not just like the positive mentality, but obviously like the family mentality. So like Mm -hmm. to have like that positive family motivation, like of course, like the wrestlers are gonna go all out for you because you're Mm -hmm. doing the same for them, and so they they want to treat you like you're treating them, and that's like the good mark of like good bosses and good leaders is that they don't. The one thing like I used to I used to talk about all the time, especially when I got out of the military, is that good bosses will kick down doors for you. Yep. But good leaders will show you how to kick down those doors. Yep. And I really I really love the fact that you're out here and, and you've already established that you guys have like this cool, loving, friendly environment in the back. And if people have a problem, you're just like, no, take that shit outside. Yep. Talk about it. Whatever you gotta do, leave it there. Y'all and gotta, if in. y'all gotta spar in the in the in the in the parking lot, just wait till all the fans are inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because the other thing too is it's a family show. Like we run, right. we run a PG show. So I know hardcore is getting big in the industry. Everybody wants to be, you know, have a death match and everything. We always wanted it to be about kids because we wanted to, it to be about the new generations coming into wrestling, and we thought about what we loved as kids wrestling, and it was the attitudes, it was storylines, it was you know like. Who didn't love DX? Who didn't love the Heart Foundation? Like, we want that. Like, I'm not going to lie. That's part of why my gear, why I'm the favorite, fan favorite gear for me is my hot pink and black. I know it's because of the Heart Foundation. <laughs> I know it is. Um, and that's okay because that's why it's my favorite gear. Bret Hart was one of my favorites. So it's, it's just, a, it's a given when. You know, we owe every, I mean, you've been in enough locker rooms. How many places have you heard this is a family? Yeah, and probably every single one. Every single one of them does it. And for us, we said from the very beginning, and we say it like even in our um, our workers group, we do, I do lives. I try to do lives every couple of weeks. It's been a little stressful the last couple of weeks, but um, we always say it's, it's mama bear checking in on my, on my crew. How's everybody doing? How's everybody feeling? Um, you know, who wants a dream match? Like I, when I book somebody, I flat out ask them, like, if you could wrestle anybody, what would, who would it be? 
And my goal is to make that happen for them when I book them, because I want to make it, it's not just about the paycheck. I want to make it where it's memorable for them. Like um, last show, we opened the show with stepdads versus the throne. I did not know until that day, um, nobody had told me that they have been trying to get that match booked for six years. I, I, first, I love both teams. Uh, we've had both teams on the show. Uh, yeah, that would definitely be a match. I, it's a match now I didn't know I need. <laughs> to yeah. See. So I, yeah. I wouldn't and, have been able to come. <laughs> and honestly, and honestly, like, I just thought it was a great idea because they're both very, very, very out there teams. Like they're, they're both very crowd driven. They're very, you know, so we're like, you know, let's open with them. Uh, <laughs> let's just start the show off right away with, a, you know, a star match. Um, and I can't wait for our footage. Our footage is still being edited um, before we can put it up. But I can't wait to see the comments when it goes up. Because, I mean, even both teams still come to me and thank me for that match. And that's how I know I did a good job as a booker. Um, because Skip and I sit there. Skip runs the storylines. And we book together. And it's a team effort. It's, okay, we have the show. You know, how many matches do you want? How many matches am I taking? He makes sure the storylines are staying on point. I make dreams happen. <laughs> so we have a well-oiled machine for a newborn. We really oh. do. We, we don't have managerial issues. We don't pick at each other or fight. We don't, you know, we, we're very good about, like, we work as an actual team. I like that. I like that a lot. That's uh, that's a lot of fun. That's crazy, too. Like, especially the throne is, like, I... A massive fan of Casey and Daniel. Yes, These are so much fun to be around, and it's crazy because like we so we met. God, it was a couple of years ago. We met. It's weird to say that because I've only been in for anybody who's paying attention. You know, two years. Yeah. But I met, I ran into them. Um, I ran into them with uh, uh, pure ignorance, and yep. uh, once we started talking with them, <clears throat> like we brought them on the podcast, and since we had them on the podcast, like. Daniel Casey and I, we just kind of kept our, like, we chat a few times, like, here and there. And I saw them randomly at an outbreak show, and we were doing a quarantine episodes. And when I saw them there, they are like, dude, you've changed so much. I was like, bro, I'm just so happy to see you guys. Shut up and give me a hug. <laughs> Casey did that when I, when I showed up at GPW on Saturday. I showed up in my gear because I had just left GTS. Mm. So... I only had a 15 minute drive. I'm like, I'm not getting out of gear. Like, this is, this is a whole thing. I'm not, no, the wig is even staying on. I le- I think I left with the wig off and then I got to a traffic light and put it back on. Um, <laughs> but I, I roll through the parking to go to the parking lot and Casey's literally standing in the middle of the road. And he's like, mom's here. Mom's here. Mom's here. Everybody. Mom's here. Mom's here. And I'm like, it's not even my show, Casey. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, hey, she's in gear. She's in gear already. We don't even have to wait for her to get changed. Look, she's already ready. I'm like, oh, my God. His wife, she's going like this, like screaming in the car. I'm like, this is why I love them. Because they're just, they're so vibrant in life. And it's not just in wrestling. Like, they don't turn it on. It's always on. It's always on. It's always, always on. on. <laughs> he will randomly, he started the, the 401k chant at, at Kaiju. Um. And he said, every once in a while, I'll get a random message from Casey, and it'll be, Ma, Casey, I swear to God, if you say it, I'm firing you. <laughs> How about that, Casey? Don't do it. I will fire you. How's your day going? 
That's better. <laughs> um, he does it anytime he's like, I, he thinks I'm having a bad day. It's like, so Ma, about that 401k. So I had to teach him about, I, I know some financial background. Mm-hmm. So I had to teach him about like 403b pension plans. I'm like, honey, we got to give you more into the repertoire. It can't just all be about the 401k. So like me and Daniel were having a conversation with Casey the other day. And we we're busting his chops and we're talking about, he's like, he's like, don't listen to him. Ma. I don't need a 401k. I got a 401k at my job. And Casey's like, no, no, no. I need a 401k. I need a 401k. Daniel's like, no, you don't. You're a contractor. It's going to take money out of your paycheck. You want to lose 5%? <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, you two must do this all day long. <laughs> like, this, there is no way this was planned before I got here. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there having this conversation with them. And I'm like, go run your match. I got to go. I got to go work with, I got to go work with my, we are one boys. I got to go. Um, so it's, and it was nice to go valet, um, somebody new for once. I've, I've been valeting Menace and Blackthorn for so long that, and neither one of them was at the show. And I was like, well, we're supposed to be on it. So I'm going, I'm only 10 minutes away. Um, so I, I walked up to, um, to, uh, Daniel Alexander and Oliver, uh, the, uh, just brothers, no colors. Nice. <laughs> I think I said it right for once. I get it backwards every time. And um, I said, so you guys are here for the kids, right? And you go, yeah. I said, I got the candy basket. Need a valet? They're like, yes. I was like, okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think it's cool that you, like you said, like I want to kind of bring back a point that you mentioned, right? Like it's, you guys, the show is PG, but it's more focused about the kids because that's where like, that you want to grow that next generation. And I think anybody yeah. who's smart understands that like you, cause it was something I learned in this movie, uh, Neverland, right. With Johnny yep. Depp, right. And Freddie Highmore, where, uh, he wrote Peter Pan and he, he put kids like random places, right. Like the orphans. Yep. And like when the kids are laughing, then the parents got into it. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss. Cause they're like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I'm just going to go out and have these super cool matches. And like, people are cool with it and they're happy. But it's when you interact with the kids that you start drawing more into them. And then like the fans take you on too. And I know like uh, I was working at a show and my character is just so random. He was like, he has a gun spot. And so I make like gun noises. Right. And this kid didn't even remember my name, but he remembered that I did that. Yep. So he went and told his dad, he was like, dad, can we find a guy who was like, pew, 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 pew. And uh, then they came and found me and I was like, what's going on? And we started talking to stuff. And like now, like every time I at the show, like he's there, he's like waiting for me to come in and he's waiting to come say hi and stuff. So I think it's really cool, but it is, it's about those kids, man. Cause those kids will definitely wrap around you. And I know uh, myself and Prince McAvely, we had worked at another place, uh, IWA, uh, Vintage Pro Wrestling. And while we were working our match, we knew the kids, we saw them. Yep. So everything we did, we made sure like they were like paying attention. And uh, when we left uh, and we, we did our match, we had a lot of fun. The kids like popped and then we, uh, we left, we came back and when we came back for like intermission, those kids just want to come hang out with us. And that's oh, all yeah. they did. And we, we thought it was great. And then more people were like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you guys selling? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And like the merch money came along too, but it was more about like just focus on like these kids and having fun. It was like a youth baseball team, which even made it like way better. So we had so much fun with them and just hang out and just talk with them. And everybody's like, man, I really wish I would have thought about that. I was like, well, they are there. Yeah. <laughs> <For a reason. clears throat> 
So you know what I, you know what I do for merch, right? Have you ever heard what have you gotten gotten wind of what I do for merch? I have not. Okay, so I actually make goodie bags. Nice. I sell goodie bags specifically for kids. Every single one of them is different. I hand make every single one of them. Um, and that's literally my whole table. Candy bags, you can't see the contents. You have to pick one at random. You just pick the color bag and that's it. And they're Dahlia's Delights. And I've been doing this now for like about a year. About a year. Um, I just wanted something different. And I noticed that like there's really not a whole lot of merch out for kids. It's all t-shirts and grown-up size. It's, you know, posters. Kids aren't really going to think about the autographs and stuff yet. They're going to think about that when they're older. But what kid doesn't want a bag with candy and toys? And I was that like, right. So I actually, what I do is whenever we, whenever we include a new wrestler um, that has a kid, I always donate a bag. I might maybe stuff it a little harder than usual. Um, (laughs) But I want, I want them to bring it home and be like, Hey, you know, I got this from you at my show. And I always ask for feedback because the kids are going to be honest. And the last time I gave one to a wrestler, um, I, I checked on it and I was like, so how did he like it? And he's like, dude, I had to take it away. There's so much candy in there. I'm like, yeah, I know it's a good deal. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't skip on it either. It's good candy. It's like I, I put in like blow pops and dum-dums and like ring pops. And then I, I find the most, everybody com, uh, compliments me on the candy basket. I have to stop doing this because the, the wrestlers are killing the candy basket before the show. Um, but I get the most obscure flavors of fruit Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. I found vanilla ones. Yes. I found where they sell vanilla ones. Um, and like I have the unicorn pops and, and um, at GPW on Saturday. It was so adorable because they they have had a lot of the same kids coming to all the shows and they remembered seeing me like back in April was the last time I was at GPW and I came out with the candy basket and I walked around and gave out the candy to all the kids in the crowd and, you know, did my valet thing. And when I came out with uh, no colors, just brothers, I saw the kids go, she's here with the basket. And after they started the match, I went and sat down with Ryan on the side because I'm not really, you know, I don't really need to be there. I just want an excuse to come out to the kids. And um, the kids kept coming over. They're like, and I hear one kid go, this is the lady with the candy. She always has the best candy. (laughs) And I I look at Ryan and I'm like, and that's why I have to go buy more (laughs) because they killed the basket. The whole basket is gone in in five minutes. I was like, that's great. Um. But no, it's wrestling's always going to be about kids, you know, and I know some of my workers get mad. I'm like, you guys can't flip each other off. It's not PG, you know, got to watch your mouth. I, I always say it. We have at least three discussions before the show starts. Watch your mouth. Um, Cause that it, it's, it's the mood we want to set. We want to be different. Um, and that's how we're going to be different. We're going to just make sure that the families can feel confident coming. I want parents to be able to bring their kids back. You know, and those are going to be the kids that and if I could bring them new wrestlers every time, that's more exposure for the for the workers. That's more exposure for managers to grow. That's more opportunities for other federations to say, hey, I have some really amazing talent you want to trade. You know, and 
that's what the indie circuit's supposed to be. It's supposed to be, you know, free market. We're all independent contractors. You know, it's, it's really sad when businesses are like, I don't want you guys working for this company or this company or this company. So are you going to pay them when they're going to get booked on my show and then they're not going to have a show? Are you going to pay them for that time? Yeah, I hear that a lot, especially <laughs> like in my area. They're always like, if you work mm-hmm. for this company, you can't work. And, and here's it's the crazy part. This is where like things are trying to It's you can work for that company, but understand that I can't do anything with you at mine. And that's that's what always that's the always discussion. Right. point. I'm like, man, like that's crazy because like um and then at that point, it's like, well, I appreciate it, but, you know, they want to run this with me and, and this is the goal that they have. And, you know, what's your plan here? Because, like, at that point, if you're going to compete, you know, I got to I got I, I to yeah. like I won, too, in this point. Like, you know, it's, what's that was that commercial where they're like, when banks compete, you win? Like, is that lending? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? So if companies yes. are going to compete, like, hey, then I got to win. But at the same time, like, it's like I want to I want to work with as many promotions as I can, because at the end of the day, like you said, like. It's not just about me. It's about like helping everybody like lift their ships up too, right? Because all you know, right. rising tides lift lift all ships. And I was like, if I'm going to be the, if I can't work for your company because you don't like that person, that's not on me. That's that's a, your problem, not my problem. And I don't want to sound like right. that because I want to be a team player, but I want to be everybody's team player. <laughs> well, I mean, we do the same thing. Like we'll we'll put up um we'll put up booking notices in in our worker group. And we'll say, okay, who's available? You know, here's our next two dates. Who's available? Doesn't mean they're getting booked. But if I see like, hey, okay, these people aren't available. Like we were going to have a show in August and we decided to push it. Honestly, I need a break. (laughs) I've been been going nonstop to New Jersey for a solid like eight weeks every weekend. And it's a six hour ride round trip plus the whole day of working. And the getting ready and the sitting in traffic and the like trying to like plan out because like I, like you said I'm a, I'm a single mom I gotta plan out custody arrangements and stuff and it's not like I'm like sure I'm free I, I can just get in the car and go but I flat out told my management team I was like guys trying to pull off another show in three weeks is probably going to exhaust me um how about you know it also seems like a lot and we had set out feelers we said okay who's available for august and a lot of our guys were already booked i would rather push a show back a month and be able to have who we want on it than say pick and choose between a booking you already had and us yeah i just think that's more respectful to them and their time and their career that they're building to say okay it's not like you know we can't have a show we have a Right now, Kaiju has a roster of uh, almost seventy-five. Wow, we're not we're not hurting. <laughs> we have the talent, we have the willingness to run a show. But if I'm going to be Mama Bear and I'm going to be representing everything that we say we stand for, part of that is going. Okay, are are my Cubs going to be okay? Right. Are they going to be put in a position where they have to pick and choose? I also i I don't. I personally don't like when people double book. Um, I don't punish people for it. I just tell them, you know, let me know so I can put you on the card appropriately. But I mean, I worked at double booking this weekend and I was, I was bloody exhausted till yesterday. And, and I didn't even get in the ring. I can Mm. only imagine what getting in the ring two or three times in a day feels like, because I felt like death. (laughs) 
So I personally don't want to be responsible for doing that to somebody. And I'm also not going to keep them for money. So I think that's more, you know, respect for my talent. And I hope that other places stop doing the whole, you have to pick and choose your loyalty. I don't think any, honestly, it should be management is loyal to their talent. Not the talent needs to be loyal to their management. I like that. I like that. And I agree. I mean, it's one of those things that's like, I don't know. It's funny for me. Cause like I, I schedule all my dates out and then I just ask people, I'm like, you'll give me all your dates because after that, like I'm just closing that date right. off. Like, I don't want to do like, if it's close by, maybe if it's like a 40 minute drive or something, maybe I can make that like, I'll be like, that's acceptable. But you like uh, my trainer, right? He was in Ohio. He worked two matches. They drove five hours and he was supposed to work at another show. And uh, he was like, he got there, he was in gear. And then they told him they changed the whole plan on him of what they had discussed the day before. So they had discussed this whole plan the day before he got there the day of, they changed the plan. And he was just like, listen, nah, dude, that's not what we we're going to do. He's like, yeah. I just wrestled two matches. I drove five hours across to come here for have you change a match on me. He's like, nah, we're not doing that. And he was like respectful about it, but he was like, why? Like, why not just go with what we had planned and not, you know, so it was what it was at that point. And I was like, dang, I was like, and then that spot that he was working at was another four hour drive back to where he lives. And I was like, cool, bruh. <clears throat> nah, I'm good. <laughs> it, it honestly, and I get that because it floors people every time I'm in New Jersey, like, especially like when I meet new people at like GTS or LTW, um, or even when like, even Gen Pro, um, which I love, I love what Newsy and Paul are doing and, and Ray. I love what they're doing with GPW. They're, they're carrying the same kind of torch we are. And it's just the more, the more federations that start and carry that light, it's going to be easier for it to transmit. And I have no problem sharing. I, I've told them, Hey, I've told feds, you want, you want your, if your champion's going to be on my show, have them bring their belt. I don't, I don't care that it's not a KPW belt. My partners don't care that it's not a KPW belt. What matters is, your champion is getting their attention, their proper attention, because they're not coming here as a nobody. They're coming here as somebody's champion. Um, at the last show, we had um, a tag match with literally four belts on the line. Two double belt holders against each other. Um, and I got to thank you for that because it was like, thank you, because that was really nice to be able to share my hard work. And I'm like, you should be sharing your hard work. Why would I want to stop any other federation from being watched or, right. or have their ticket sales go down? We also try to pay attention to when we plan out the shows, who else is running so that we're not kind of intersecting with people. Like we're very cognizant of all of that. Um, now, ironically, we added in the WWE schedule after the SummerSlam incident. Uh, <laughs> um, that, that's always like, we'll, we'll throw out show ideas and uh, like date ideas and um, Blackthorn will go. So I checked all the schedules. We're good of any pay-per-views. And I'm like, thank you. Um, <laughs> so because it was actually when we booked the the July date, we booked it so long ago. We booked it like four or five months ago. I don't think it occurred to anybody to check that far. Um, so when I, 
I, I kind of had a gut feeling that something bad was coming. And then um, Blackthorn calls me and goes, so did you know that Saturday is SummerSlam? And I went, yeah, I found out this morning. <laughs> no pressure. No, no pressure. Um, good news is we'll, our show will be done before SummerSlam starts. <laughs> um, so maybe we could advertise it as a pregame. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, that was tricky. Um, so going forward now, we obviously quadruple check everything to make sure we're not going to run into that again. I don't want to ever go through that level of stress again. Um, and yeah, so we're, we're really big on that. And I, I feel like talent because it's the independent circuit, I feel like talent kind of gets treated one of two ways. They either get treated like WWE junior, which let's face it, independence not. It's very different. We're not mainstream entertainment. We're not sports entertainers. We're wrestlers. Um, which I'm, so, by the way, random moment, but I'm so bloody happy Triple H is in charge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, because he already, I, I heard the news that he already got rid of the term sports entertainer, entertainer. They are now back to being wrestlers. That makes my heart happy. Um, so many levels, but I feel like they either get treated like WWE light, which is what I've always referred to it as, or they get treated like absolute nobodies. And every independent wrestler I've ever met has had something different to offer. I've never seen, you know, in a, overly abused gimmick i've never seen you know somebody blatantly copying somebody else i've always seen something like there's some little spark in there that makes them so different and i think that's the key to independent wrestlers keeping the circuit going because the little kids are going to find that one person that they're like i really love them I really, I really love everything about them. And that's going to be what gets them to start paying attention. They're going to watch for that person to keep going, keep moving, get a better opportunity. They're going to watch their Facebooks when they have them and their Instagrams and their Twitters, and they're going to see what they're putting out. And, you know, that's a really huge thing. And I'm really big on um, encouraging seminars. I think we never stop learning. Um, you can always get better. You can always learn something new and no criticism should be taken to heart. Like every criticism you get needs to, and I, I do it too. I mean, I cried at the beginning when I came out and I wasn't getting any feedback from people. I was like, why doesn't anybody like me? And then I just realized it's because they're not paying attention to me because I'm a valet. Once, once I started my voodoo gimmick, people paid attention because now I'm doing something. And I find new ways constantly to make it cooler and more fun and, you know, keep it alive because I, it's creative. I like, so we have, we got like a lot that we have to unpack here for a second because uh, <laughs> there's a lot that people need to pay attention to. And if you guys didn't catch it up, please back it up because you guys got to hear, there's a lot of stuff in there that was talked about. One, it's something I talk about with my kid all the time, right? Check, double check and recheck the rechecks. Because I'm like, you never know what's going to happen. You always want to make sure. And that's why I thought it was a great point that you made about quadruple checking dates and stuff like that. Because you never want to like one double book, especially if it's a major, you know, one of the top four pay-per-views. It probably should be something we looked out for. Yeah. Uh, 
another thing that you mentioned, right? And and this is something. So anybody who's wondering, uh, we're actually filming this on August sixteenth. So you know, when this episode drops, you guys will know. But the day before, it was a great example of uh, uh, a promo that was cut with Drew McIntyre, where he said, "You're a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. We're in a wrestling yep. ring, and what we do in this ring is we fight." He's like, yep. "So let's fight." And then him and Kevin Owens had like a match. So I think that was definitely a top thing that that needs to be talked about because you're right. Like the term sports entertainer, it's still there. It's just kind of getting distant yeah. from what it was supposed to be. And then the other thing that I really wanted to touch back on too was that kids find characters that they truly love and they just will follow them to the ends of the earth. And that's why I think if you're doing something so unique that people have to pay attention to you, that's that's great. Like, that's what you should be doing. I know uh, Chaz, you know, him and his team, Pure Ignorance, when they get they get out in the ring and stuff like that, all the kids get attached to them because yeah. they're like, they're, they are, like, their characters are, they're just street guys. Like, they're street hoodlums. They just want to go around and fight people. That's all it is. Yep. They say all the things that make you want to fight them. And it's um it's amazing because kids will be like, yeah, I kind of feel like that sometimes too. And they always get dapped up by all the kids. Like, uh, you know, my character gets loved because one, he's just goofy as hell. Yes. And then like, I definitely make it a point to know that, yeah, while I am a mercenary, I will talk as much trash as I can to you and do it in a way that people will be like, dang, that was like a good comeback. I should have never said anything to that guy. And I think there's like, this healthy balance, right? Where it's funny because you're also talking about it being a PG show and you can't really curse because, you know, George Carlin may have said it that there's 399,997 words as of 1970, and only seven of them you can't say on TV. So if you can't say those seven, like just find another word exactly to insert because, like, there should be no reason. Like, listen, I love saying the word fuck as much as possible. Right. When I get around, kids, I curse like a sailor. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I get so regularly <laughs> to knock it off. I was like, I dare you guys to go back in this episode right now and find out when was the last time that I dropped a curse word, let alone just said that word other than the one I just dropped earlier, just five seconds ago. But it's like you can find other words and you can find other ways to get across meanings and stuff without having to use curse words. And I think that's the the beauty of wrestling is that kids know that you want to curse. And, like, you use a different word, and they get it, and the parents get it, too, but the kids laugh yep. at it because they're like, oh, I can say that now, and I'm like, I can get away with it. And that's the fun part about, like, just learning verbiage and just using other words that mean something different. I call it I call it Shrek humor, like, where, it, where the parents get it, but it goes right <laughs> over the heads of the kids. That <laughs> stuff is fine. Like, um, when we did, um, when we did the, the Kaiju Battle Royal, uh, the King of the Kaijus, um, one of the guys, I can't say who because it, it hasn't aired yet, but um, he was like, well, I usually flip the birds. And I was like, and you're not going to tonight. I was like, so you got to figure out something else. And he's like, can I do the Ross? And I was like, yes, you can do the Ross. <laughs> I was like, because you know what? The parents watched Friends. We were all in the, in the early 2000s together. They will get it. The kids will not. And it's just two fists going next to each other. There's nothing offensive. I was like, so you can absolutely give a Ross. That's fine. So you got to be, you got to be twinkle toes. You got to be able to walk around and figure out what you're going to do. And simple as that. If you can put a match together, you can figure out what words you can substitute. I think that's such a great... I'm going to start doing that to people like not even flipping a bird though. I'm just be like, yo, like, 
feathers. This is what you are. You're not worth a whole bird, but you know what <laughs> we're <feathers>. doing. <laughs> <laughs> See? Shrek humor. The parents will get it. The parents will be like, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. And yet the kids will be like, I'm going to stick up my pinky. And then they're just going to look fancy. All right. And then everybody's going to think you're part of the throne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a great promo idea. <laughs> Got one on the throne. So I would come full circle around in this podcast, Any, guys. Anything, anything you can do with your pinky up, just videos of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm going to make a Dahlia promo one day with that. I'm going to be like sipping tea. I'll do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I like it. So... Let me ask, what is one of, what's one advice that you give to anybody who's like an up-and-coming wrestler? Honestly, train. Um, and it's not just in the ring. You have to train yourself mentally. Um, the biggest thing I see happen in a match is people get lost and they get confused because they're so focused on what they're going to do that they're not, they're not paying attention to what the end goal is. Um, and that can effect- effectively ruin your match which everybody records everything they do now, which means you're just going to have a permanent recording of the time you got confused. Um, I, I honestly believe that people should be watching old school wrestling because that's back to what things are going to. Um, I didn't grow up watching wrestling. I started watching wrestling as an adult. So I had access to WWE network and I, when I would get bored with, you know, whatever raw or SmackDown I just watched, I'd start backtracking and I started back at the beginning. So I started watching Jake, the snake. I started watching. Um, I became a valet because of miss Elizabeth. I loved everything about her. She was class and sass and everything in between. And I went, you know what, if I'm going to do that, that's, that's who I want to, uh, that's who I want to idolize. I want to, I want to be like miss Elizabeth. I want to bring class and sass back. Um, because honestly, like, Ballets aren't a huge role. They're supporting roles, but they're important. They convey they convey a story just like anybody else. Anytime I've gotten involved in a match, something bad's happened. <laughs> and and that's the thing. I'm not I'm not a heel, but I like to start some shit. So <laughs> um that's what that's what Dahlia's always done. She's always been the one that's like, if there's trouble going on, you look for her. Um but that's what makes it fun for me. And so for new wrestlers, I think it's honestly get proper training. Don't rush into working as a worker. You need to put your time in. I'm not an active wrestler because I don't think I've put in enough time. I I haven't. Um, another thing too, don't be afraid to hit the gym and take care of yourself. Like you're an, you're considered an athlete. You need to have a proper diet. You need to have a proper exercise plan. And honestly, like. I feel like sometimes, especially with more newer people, it gets pushed aside. They're like, yeah, I can, I can go to a ring and I can learn to take a bump and I can do this and I can do that. And that's great. But if you're going to do this as an athlete, athletes train daily. I train daily and I'm not even a wrestler. Technically I'm not active on my, I'm not even active on my roster. Um, I'm GM. (laughs) So um, yeah, chief cook and bottle washer. Um, but I'm not going to stop being GM till I feel confident enough to get in the ring. And you have to be willing to take it, take your time. There's some people that, um, the old school way was training for, what was it? One, one to two years before you even got a match. 
Yeah. And now I feel like there's people that are like, oh yeah, I've been training for six months. I'm I'm ready to win. And I'm like, uh who who wants to pop that bubble? Because I, I don't think I have it in me today. <laughs> it's like, no, honey, that's, you're not ready. Like even so <laughs> um another piece of advice, which I think I've been seeing a lot of this coming out from from promoters, so I want to definitely encourage it. For the love of God, make a resume. I can't tell you how many times KPW gets a message from a wrestler and it's, Hey, I want, I really want to be on your show. And I'm waiting for a resume. So I like, there's a few where I've had to be like, okay, can you send me a resume? Like not, not your, not your YouTube reel. I need to see who you've worked for. I need to see who you've trained with. I need to see a headshot that I can use for promotion. Like, if you don't have one, you need to let me know because I um, KPW usually provides a photographer. We provide headshots at our shows. Um, nice. You know that I started out as a photographer in this business. Um, I started out by doing it for Delta Wrestling Alliance out of Pennsylvania, um, just trying to help them, you know, build their roster page, get all that stuff done, and. I think it's really important. If you're going to be professional, would you apply for a job and not have a resume ready? No, not unless I really didn't care about the job. And then in that and, case, you probably shouldn't apply for it. <laughs> exactly. And so that's kind of the, the tutelage I'm trying to pass on is like, um, even when we worked, um, we did a scouting event with LTW and 1CW. And I'm totally not going to remember everybody because there was like seven feds there. Yeah. Um, I, I just... And that was, that was our way of saying we're here and we're watching. And we, I think we were the only ones that spent the, like we had somebody at our table the entire time. We had notebooks going, we were comparing notes, like during the breakdown, like, all right, who do we want? Who do we not want? The first thing we all said was who gave us a resume. And every time they came over to introduce themselves and sign in, we're like, okay, do you have a resume with you? And it was shocking how many people were like, but you know me, I, I don't need a resume. No, you still do. I'm recruiting you. I need something to take home and put in my file. Like if, if I don't have that, I don't know what to do. And so I think that's, that's a really huge thing is if you're going to promote yourself and really get into this business, reach out to multiple federations. Don't be afraid to work for people, build yourself a resume and get yourself a freaking headshot. It's not hard to do. You can technically do it with these fancy phones now, but make sure it's a high res photo and it, that it presents you in your gear, because that's going to be what any promoter takes home from an event. They're going to take home that piece of paper, not necessarily like remember you. We're going to take notes on the back of your resume. So if we don't have one, we may not be taking notes on you or we may have to come over and ask you what your name is. That's the worst. Yeah. Um, I had to do that to a couple people where I was like, I cannot for life of me remember that person's name. And I had to go over and ask and then write down their contact information. And it was, it was, it was something. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I remember Paul Heyman, right? So I'm glad that we're like talking about this stuff too. Paul Heyman was talking about, um, he couldn't remember, somebody he couldn't remember like all the wrestlers that they went and saw they were like i forget where they were they're in some place watching the doing the tryouts and there was one person in particular he remembered by name and the reason why he remembered them by name is because he introduced himself as paul Heyman. he's like hey 
I'm Paul yeah. Heyman. That's me. Yeah. That's my name. That's the guy. He said, that guy right there. And then he said his name, his actual name. He's like, that's my guy. That's right. He's a Paul Heyman type guy. And he was talking directly to Paul about it. So Paul was like, you know, hey, and I think his name was like James. Hey, James, come here. And he's like, because you remember that he yep. was, you know, he cut the, like, I said, you cut a promo as Paul Heyman introducing James, right? We'll use James as his name. But he was like, do you remember anybody else from there? Uh, no, there's like 003, you know, 269. Yep. There's James. Yep. And so, like, that's how he got in to the, he's, I guess the kid is now training at the performance center, but because he did that, he's thinking outside the box that, yep. like, that's what they wanted to bring him in. I like the idea. Like, I might have to do that now. Like, now that you say that loud, I may just have to, like, bring, like, a physical resume in with yeah. me. I do have my own. But I've never thought about, like, that idea. Because, like, I feel like I go to a lot of promoters that I work at anyway. But because I remember the seminar that you guys are talking about. Because um, I was supposed to go and I got booked at a show. And so I went to the booking and well, that's obvious you're gonna go to the booking over, yeah. <laughs> over the recruiting yeah. event at that point but you never know because sometimes like you know and it, it, you could make that you can make that determination and be like i'm gonna go to here because there's and it's every person's gonna be different right you could have right. that booking be guaranteed right that you're gonna get a spot right or you could pass on that take the chance to go meet seven new people and possibly be able to work at seven new feds so yep. i mean there is that there is that Plus minus. <laughs> well, and the other thing too is I think it, it's important, especially with the resume stuff, is no matter how long you're in the business, realize that not everybody's going to book you. You don't fit in everywhere. Nobody's cookie cutter. Um, I actually had um, a wrestler approach me several months after that very same recruiting event and was like, I know you wanted to book me. I know somebody told you not to book me. And I said, actually, no. So if you really want to know the feedback, I do remember you from it. And I can tell you, you know, well, I saw my name on a notebook. Yeah, it was a notebook of people to discuss. And I explained to him that his personality, how he behaves in the locker room is why we didn't book him. It didn't fit our attitude. And my job as a promoter is to give constructive feedback. It's not always positive, um, but I will happily give positivity to it. And so I explained to him, I was like, dude, if I look at your social media, you got beef with everybody. You've got promoters tossing you out the door. You've got, you know, so much animosity when your name even comes up, people leave the room. I put you in my locker room. I can almost guarantee something is going to be said or done that is going to either have me ask you to leave and now I have a vacancy that I'm going to have to fill or you're going to ruin any chance of coming back because our company's always been zero tolerance. If you don't, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, but I did turn it around constructively and said, Hey, listen, you know, people change. If, if you see that this is what's going on and you're having a hard time getting booked and you're having, you know, issues with this and issues with this person and issues with that person. Change your approach. I said, you're going to get kicked. You're going to get kicked like still. But over time, people are going to notice a change in your personality and they're going to notice a change in you. And then they're going to want to work with you. 
And it's not being shady. It's genuinely growing as an individual. And what I'm telling you is as a promoter, this is what I saw. And it didn't fit my company. So no, I can't book you because if I book you, it's not, it's, I'm literally putting a square peg in a round hole. It's not going to work. But if you give it some time and show people you're changing and actually make yourself into the person that you want to be, because they do want to change, then let that come to fruition. And then we can talk about booking. We can talk about, you know, maybe I can get you in with somebody else that we're working with, or maybe I could bring you to a new territory where people don't have an issue with you. You know, I don't have a problem with that. My company is expanding. I have no problem saying, Hey, who wants to come up to Connecticut? Hey, who wants to come up to New York? Who wants to come out to PA? I, my roster will always get first dibs. And then I go creatively outside of there to expand. So that individual, I honestly, I, I think I got, through to him because he's been so much better. Um, I and I told him I, I I check in with him every once in a while. I'm like, hey, I'm still watching what you're doing. This is what I'm seeing. I think you're in a good role. I mean, yeah, people are still kicking him. They're they're beating him down. They're telling him they're not going to book him, but he's not losing hope because he knows he's trying. No, I like that though, and that's the great thing. Like that's what every that's what every. I don't want to say, because it's not fair, every average to good wrestler wants, and even great wrestlers to epic wrestlers want, is that they want good, you know, they just want like feedback that's going to help them grow and become better in what they're doing. Like, and I, I, I don't, it sounds bad when I say that, right? Because I'm not saying that bad wrestlers don't want criticism. It's just sometimes some wrestlers just can't take critiques. Yes. And get pissed off. Some, some take criticism so personally that I can literally see the butt hurt developing. <laughs> like I'm going to start packing in the first aid kit for Kaiju. I'm going to start packing diaper rash cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like a, a saline collector. Just like, yes. Uh, like, like the boogie, the boogie collector. I think I still have one from when my kid was little. So um, I'm going to slide that sucker in there, but uh, yeah, there's, there's actually, it's, it's getting a little bit better. I think it, it's all in the approach too. I think some people, if you come over and you're like, Hey, I want to talk to you about your match. They're now on guard and they're expecting the worst. I think it's different when um, it's, it's not, it's not about being dishonest because you don't want to be dishonest when you give feedback, you want to be constructive. And part of being constructive is being able to deliver that same information, possibly a different way where if they get insulted, you could say, okay, well, hang on. Maybe that's not what I meant. Maybe I meant it this way and kind of situating it out that way so that the person kind of sees around the offensive part yeah. and gets the message. Cause let's face it. Nobody learns the same way. People learn different ways. Everybody's different. Everybody's a different person. Everybody operates differently. Everybody has different insecurities too. So I think as long as people don't take criticism as a personal attack, they're in good, they're in a good spot. Yeah, no, I agree with that a whole bunch. So listen, we're going to jump into the second best segment of the Three Count Podcast. Got I it. wonder what the first is. It's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find sometimes on our debate shows on Sundays because recently, like, you know, it's just wrestling is a lot and there's a lot of wrestling. And sometimes you just can't watch all the products to make a top 10 list. And that's what happens. But this is the Three Count Podcast, 10 Count Questions. And Ms. Dahlia, this is how it works. 
I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. And whatever your answer is, that's your answer. Okay. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing. And in the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Oh, Smackdown. Favorite movie? <sighs> Legend from 1986, not the Tom Hardy one. <laughs> I got you. Sonic or Mario? Oh, Mario. <laughs> Favorite actor? Tom Hardy. Um... <laughs> There's no need to fear. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a thing for Bane. I can't help it. <laughs> uh, Godzilla or King Kong? Oh, you bring up a kaiju question. That's cruelty. <laughs> oh. All right. I got to pick Godzilla. <laughs> Only because I really like going, Gajira! <laughs> Favorite cartoon? Sailor Moon. Hey, my daughter was just watching that today. <laughs> Apple or Android? Oh, Android. Uh-uh. No iPhones in this house. <laughs> Favorite podcast? Uh, I'm on it. Right? It's not like we don't have this thing like marketed like everywhere around here to like influence this at all. Uh, all right. Well, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. I know everybody's going to think I'm going to say Blackthorn, but I'm not. Um, honestly, if I have to pick anybody who's truly passionate about wrestling, Josh Adams, a.k.a. I, I love me some violence. I really do. He's actually, so it's funny. Uh, we'll pause the timer for a quick second. Uh, him and I ran into each other at uh, HWT uh, mm -hmm. last year. Actually, 9-11 uh, was, the, was the show date, right? Uh, so we ran into each other. We talked to her the first time we met. And then we met each other at another show. I can't remember where we ran into each other. And then we ran into each other again uh, back at HWT. And we actually got to work um, in a fatal four-way. And then... Uh, you know, by the time this episode comes out, uh, we would have wrestled for the HWT uh, title. So nice. You know, so maybe you might see it on a future episode. Maybe you won't. I don't know yet. We'll have to find that out. But uh, yeah, one of my favorite people to talk to. Yeah. Such a great person. And then his, when I saw his I... episode on the 2300 podcast, I was dying to watch yep. him play Connect Four. <laughs> that was at the Kaiju show. I'm in the background <laughs> doing my makeup. <laughs> um, I'm sitting at the table listening and laughing while trying to like literally put glitter on my eyeballs. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then my last question that I like to ask every single person that comes on this show, and this will be a fun one. Favorite curse word. So I'm notorious for not being offended by the C word. <laughs> um, especially being in the wrestling business with guys around. Um, I usually like one will drop and I get stared at and I'm like, I don't care. I got to go with the classic fuck. <laughs> yes. It's, it's yes. It's a great word to use. Some might say it's classy, but uh, I do. I love that word because I think it, it goes with everything. You can use it in any different way it's, you want. It's the little black dress of cussing. It is. It and goes with that, everything. Yeah, and then you can insert it into words. That's like, right. that makes it even better. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times a day. I mean, I'm I'm a social worker. I can't tell you how many times a day I drop the words fuck twit. 
<laughs> when I'm handling a case and I'm like, God damn fuck what I have to call this person. Um, so yes. So I like the little black dress of cuss words. Love it. Well, listen, those are all my questions that I have to ask. So the last thing I need is for you to let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so honestly, you can find Dahlia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I do have a TikTok. It's not, it's still new. Um, but I do have one TikTok up that I did at GTS with, with uh, Tina. Um, so honestly, um, best way to find me is I do all the posting for Kaiju Pro Wrestling, KPW, on Facebook. Uh, we also have an Instagram, a Twitter, a tick that we actually have an active TikTok on that for the company. Um, but yeah, um, if you look up Dahlia, it's kind of hard to miss me. <laughs> that, well, there you go. She gave you all her handles. She told you about how you can find Kaiju for wrestling and you guys know what to do. Go out there, give all the follows, give all the likes and give all the comments and like every great part of a wrestling match. We got to take this home because this is the three count podcast presents now entering and I'm your host Clifford Red Dog Miller. The man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering and who's entering. You see her right there. Okay. The well knowledge, the well powerful, the all knowing voodoo having friend right there dahlia so you guys know what to do tune in to the next episode and be there or you're literally subscribing to our youtube channel right now you are looking at all of our spotify stuff you're following us on apple itunes you're following all of our social media stuff right here you're going to pro wrestling tees.com for slash the three count podcast buying our merchandise you're doing all that you're telling all your friends about us you're doing all this great stuff or you're really just waiting for this episode and you're waiting for the outro and then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn the notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.